What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. Tabaris here. Um, this is a bit of a topic that I always talk about, not because of running out of things to say, but this is a topic that people are always wrestling with. So today's topic, I hope it edifies. Even if you're a person who doesn't believe that you struggle with lust, you know someone who does. You know someone at your church who does, someone in your household who probably does. Um, I think we all may have this issue at some point in time. Um, so this is something I want to talk about. But if you're new to the channel, consider subscribing if you're on YouTube, um, hitting the like button, sharing with a friend. Um, and if you're listening just on podcasts, I would love if you guys consider giving a five-star review. It definitely helps other people be encouraged to listen to these episodes. And, you know, we're always trying to present regular secular issues or regular relationship issues and present it in a biblical manner. So today I want to talk about how to be pure in a sex-craved culture. Um, I'm always talking to someone who's dealing with this. And I spoke to someone who was married recently, actually, um, that's still battling with this, you know. And, you know, so this is not something that I believe goes away once married. This is not something that I believe is only a male issue. This is something that affects us in so many ways. And if the church doesn't speak up about it, we're going to continue to struggle with it. So hopefully today's episode is not too long. I just want to mention uh, maybe 10 tips on what I believe every Christian needs to do in order to fully overcome this issue, right? So number one, um, probably the most profound thing you're going to hear all year, obey the Bible. Boom, right? Mind blown. You would think mind blown? I think a lot of people, you know, you're probably going to assume I'm saying be perfect and you'll never make a mistake in life. That's not what I'm saying. My point is there are so many people that go by the label of Christian So many people who attend church weekly or may even go to seminary. So many people who are active in ministry. So many people who um, post about, you know, they have a bio that mentions a Bible verse. There's so many people who do those things for a show. And I'm not there to insult them and uh, to, to question anyone's salvation. But let's be honest. There are so many times where we take the Bible at surface level. We don't really let it sink into our spirits. We don't really digest what the preacher said. We don't really focus on growing. But what we do is, well, I like that verse. So let me just put that in my bio. I can do all things through Christ. Um, But you're not going to read the Bible. You're not going to spend time in his word. I mean, the way I look at it is, to be honest, if we're looking at our relationship with God in a proper manner, we should be viewing it just like a relationship with other people. You don't grow with your friends by not talking to them. You don't grow in your relationship with the person you're dating by ignoring everything that they say. And I think that's what modern Christianity has become. Whereas a lot of churches, they don't preach from the Bible. What they do is they talk about everything in the world and try to find a verse that are that, that proves their point. So they're not really pushing people towards God. They're pushing people towards their pastor, which is why we have a lot of idolatry in the church, which is why we have a lot of celebrity pastors and some mega churches that people aren't being saved, but people are being encouraged. You know, and don't get me wrong, it's a place, time and place for everything in regards to encouragement. But I want you to understand that the Bible is not a book full of suggestions. The Bible is not a book full of um, encouraging stories and um, follow these 10 steps to get rich. Follow these 10 steps to get married. Follow these 10 steps. Listen, the Bible is showing you how sinful you are how sinful I am, but there is a God who came to redeem me. And I think a lot of people struggle with lust because they're not obeying what the word of God actually says. You would think that's, 
you know, basic Christianity. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, disrespectful, but you would think that we all know that. But in reality, people are not obeying the scriptures. Psalms 119, I'll do a lot of verses from the, the New Living Translation today. But verse 9 says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. You, that literally sums up what this podcast is trying to tell us. If we are literally obeying what God is telling us, we are not going to continue in those dysfunctional relationships. We're not going to keep texting that married man or that married woman. You're not going to keep getting in bed with that person you're not married to. You're not going to keep going back to that same sex relationship if we simply obeyed what the word of God was telling us. But the thing is, we obey to the level that we desire. We obey to the level that we are comfortable with, meaning God, I'll listen as long as it's convenient. But the moment you tell me to pick up my cross and deny myself, God, you ain't speaking my language no more. I'm not about to do that, you know, and bear in mind, you know, if we're honest, you know, I would love for you guys to be in the comment section saying, well, there's been times sometimes when I blatantly disregarded, you know, what the word of God says and now I'm growing, you know, if you're comfortable. But I want you to understand that just because someone is in church doesn't mean they're following Jesus. And just because you follow all of these popular social media pastors and you may listen to the Godly Dating One on the podcast, and I'm thankful that you would believe and allow Safa and I to pour into your spirit and try to help you grow. But if we're not simply diving into the word of God and obeying it for ourselves, but we're simply following what a popular person is preaching, then we can be led into error. Because when you look at Matthew chapter four, and I believe it was Luke four as well, where Jesus is tempted of the devil and he's... That we see that the word of God shows us that Jesus didn't fight with the devil. What he did was say, it is written, I shouldn't do this. It is written, men shouldn't do this. It is written. And it's like, we are not going to overcome an issue with lust if we're responding out of emotions rather than it is written. We cannot overcome that spirit that's pushing us towards masturbation, pushing us towards homosexuality, pushing us towards adultery. We're not going to overcome any of those things if we don't know what is written. Because when you find out what is written, the Bible says the truth will make you free. That truth is going to set you free from whatever bondage of lust and perversion that you're dealing with. So whenever I'm struggling, I realize that a lot of times I'm struggling. I haven't been spending time in the word of God like I should have. Now, I'll just be honest. Maybe you don't want to be transparent, but I know what it means to spend time reading my daily devotional and then posting all day. Um, spend time hanging out with friends or spend time busy with the kids or with my wife, but you never really stop to spend time in the word of God. And I don't mean reading the one verse of the day. You watch the, the video on version. That's not all God is calling you to. God is calling you to something deeper. So you really have to dive into the word of God. And I know I was a little bit long-winded. I won't be long-winded on all the other ones. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The next thing I'll say is, the second thing for what you need to do is guard your eyes. If you're struggling with less, you have to guard your eyes. Um, like perfect example, I always try to go to the gym, but if I believe that the gym is an issue, man, I'm going to have to work out at home or I have to like the, they'll say it's like laser focus, keep those blinders on, 
Because what happens is we don't realize that if we keep pouring the these little images getting into our eyes, eventually our body is going to chase after what our mind is looking at. When David um, committed adultery with Bathsheba, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later on. But when David committed adultery with, with Bathsheba, the Bible mentions that he was looking at her from the rooftop and he saw the woman showering and then he sent his servants to, you know, go inquire about that woman, go get her for him. So if David wasn't staring at that woman, he would have never pursued after that woman. Now, many times we don't realize that we we are um, we're looking at the wrong things. Um, we're we're focusing on the wrong things. It's impossible for me to honor God and say I want to save sex from marriage, but I'm watching shows that they're having sex. It's impossible for me to say, well, I want to be pure in this relationship. The next relationship, I wanted to be my husband. I wanted to be my wife. So I don't want to rush the sex aspect that can wait till marriage. But then I'm watching things, pornography. I'm watching things that entice lust. If I'm not guarding my eyes, especially with things like social media, listen here. Social media can be pornography. But we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about social media in a, in a couple points from now. But... Job said it like this in Job chapter 31, verse 1 in the New Living Translation. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. So Job made a, a promise to God. When was the last time you made a promise to God? Like, God, I'm not about to. I don't want to look at that person with lust. I don't want to look at that person um, with a perverse heart. You know, but many times we don't make that promise. And I'm not saying you should rush to make promises to God, you know, but the point is, he made a covenant between him and God. He wasn't worried about what the preacher was going to think about him. He wasn't worried about what the community was going to think about him. He didn't worry about what the people were going to think about him, but he was worried about his commitment to God. So I shouldn't be guarding my eyes because I want to be active in ministry or guarding my eyes because of anyone else other than the fact that I want to be focused on God. I want my eyes to be focused on him. So you have to be willing to guard your eyes. The third thing you must be willing to do, and this is probably the most radical one, the one that no one ever wants to listen to whenever I mention it, but you have to be willing to cut off things that are enticing. Um, and I say that because many of us struggle, but in reality, we don't want to be free. Like I heard, I, I, I said it once. Um, the thing is many people, they want Jesus to be, they want Jesus to be their savior, but not Lord. So Jesus can be against something, but because I enjoy it, I'm going to go with what my flesh wants rather than what God wants. Um, Jesus can say, nah, this is not the standard I have for you. Don't live like that. But because, well, I need to go get me, I need, I, I need to get an orgasm, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and go back to my man, go back to my woman. And we, we choose what our flesh desires more than what the spirit desires for us. You have to be willing to cut off certain things because I can't hold on to God and hold on to the world at the same time. So it's a bit of a tug of war that's going on. The world is pulling me this way. God is pulling me this way. And you have to understand that God is not going to even be in competition. Um, he's going to allow you to pursue after what you want. God gives you free will. But the thing is, if God is trying to tell you, I have better for you, but you won't cut off the things that are pulling you away from his will, he will allow you to chase those things, unfortunately, to your very own destruction. And I know that's not popular teaching. You guys want me to say something cute and something tweetable. Listen, I'm just trying to give you what the word of God shows us. What Jesus says it like this in Matthew 5, 29 through 30. 
in the New Living Translation as well. This is also right after Jesus spoke about adultery being more than the physical act, but being something that happens in the heart. Verse 29 says, so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So obviously, Jesus is not telling anybody, you know, like, I want you to physically have one arm and physically have one eye. Because in reality, if every time we we sinned, none of us would have arms or eyes or legs or anything by this point. You know, but he's teaching us the principle. If having something in your life is causing you to walk away from me, it is better for you to not have it in your life than for you to end up in hell because of the choice that you made. Now, I know a lot of people... Everyone wants to go to heaven, even people that aren't saved. Everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one believes that hell is real. So heaven is real for everyone, but hell is not real unless it's the devil. You know what I mean? And it's like we're oblivious to the fact that God is merciful. But if you make a choice, God will He will honor your choice. If you choose, I'm not following you anymore. I want to follow what my hormones want. Then God will allow your flesh to be your master, but that doesn't end well. God is showing us that this doesn't end well. So he's telling us if you're on, uh, if you're in a certain relationship and you're aiming to be pure, but every time you're with this person, it turns into sex, you need to cut this person out of your life. Does that mean you hate them? No. Does that mean that God has no plans for their life? No. Does it mean that, you know, you can try to fix them and I uh, just got to work? God, listen. You can try to do all that, but God says if there is something in your life that is leading you towards lust, cut it off. If there's a certain show and you know that these shows are are leading you into nonsense, leading you into perversion, it's embracing a alternative lifestyle and they're pushing the LGBT agenda and they're, they're doing all of these things in these shows and these movies. And if you know it's causing your spirit to stumble, cut it out of your life because the thing is... We love to make excuses for sin. Instead of cutting the things off, we like to, man, the show's so good. Let me just let me just finish the season. Nah, you know, then I'll stop. God is not asking you to finish the season. He's asking you to remove it because it is better for it to be removed from your life than for you to go to hell over something that God never desired for you to have. Um, if you're still listening so far and I didn't scare you away, be sure to check out um, the website to get some merch. Um, all of you guys have been supporting. I've been seeing you guys putting in orders. The team is getting all that stuff shipped out to you guys. We appreciate all the love and support. Then there are some of you who always donate financially. <laughs> I appreciate that as well, but I, I would love for the shirts to be sold out. You know, So we appreciate you guys. Um, we ship internationally. So if you want to do that, please be sure. Another way for you to be pure in this ungodly generation is to be able to spot your triggers. One of the things that Safa and I mentioned when we were um, dating, I realized Safa, Safa's a touchy-touchy type. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not that kind. Um, but the problem is, there's a lot of times where, say, you are a, a hands-on type of person, and it's not even that you're being perverted, but you're just a hands-on. You, you're a hugger, you know, all those type of things. If you may have got the impression that. You touching this person can be a spark or them touching you as a spark. Then you know you're playing with danger if you guys keep touching. Like, uh, I'm not going to get into the where you're touching. I'm not going to get into that because I believe that we're, 
I speak to a mature audience on here, so I believe you guys understand, um, you know, where I'm coming from. But you have to be able to spot your triggers because I mentioned, like, with um, in a previous point, television. It really seems to have an evil agenda to push us towards darkness, and if we're not paying attention, we can easily be led astray from the things of the, by the things of this world. So, if you're paying attention to your triggers, if you know that when I watch that show, I always feel like being hands-on, then I shouldn't be watching that show. If every time I listen to this type of music, this artist, anytime I'm in my zone and I'm listening to this, I just want to have sex. You should understand if you don't have that outlet with your spouse, you shouldn't be listening to that because you're feeding a desire that you can't act on. And the enemy is going to convince you there's nothing sinful about that song. Man, girl, go ahead and throw on that music. Ain't nothing wrong with that, bro. It ain't that deep. Go ahead and listen to that music. And you know it's stirring up something inside of you that's causing the music that's objectifying women, causing you to look at them with lust. The music that is glorifying sex and is never talking about their spouses. If you're paying attention to R&B, they're not singing about their spouse, really. They're singing about some random girl they just met at the club, some random dude, you know, on whatever. You know, so you have to understand that if these things are triggering something inside of you, there is no reason why you should make excuse, but you have to notice those triggers so you can remove them, back away from them. Um, and let's just call social media what it is. Like I was mentioning in a previous point, social media is legit pornography a lot of times. It is sad how ridiculous the things are like women aren't getting follows unless they're naked. They're not getting likes unless, you know, it's a, it's a booty pick and Guys are getting more likes because, oh, he's into fitness. Okay, but he, he can't wear a shirt at the gym. I don't know what gym these people even go to because my gym, no, everyone has on a shirt in my gym. So it seems weird how the, the fitness industry is turning into a bunch of perversion nowadays. But social media can be a huge, huge issue. Like I told, like I said at the beginning of the video, I spoke to a married person and they were mentioning, man, it's really been a struggle dealing with social media. So I was like, would you consider a social media fast? And they're like, honestly, they know that they have to. And I was saying, listen, the only reason why my account is active most of the time is because I use this stuff to reach people with the, the ministry. But if social media, if I wasn't doing this for ministry and doing this um, for the podcast and doing this for business as well, it's like, dude, this stuff can be social Instagram can be the very reason people are in bondage pornography right now. Because of all the perversion that you see and everybody's creating OnlyFans and everybody's doing all these things. There's so much of this stuff that is embraced as though it's normal. And it's like, in reality, you don't realize that we've become so desensitized that the things that we call, oh, that's just that's just their style. The things that we say, oh, that, yeah, that's modest. I mean, I want to wear it, but it doesn't seem that bad. We don't even realize how far we've drifted from what the Word of God says in regards to modesty. So we have to be careful about noticing our triggers. And if social media is something that's a trigger for you, maybe a social media fast. Like I told you guys in previous videos, I'm going to um, mention on my channel when I plan on doing one. But I definitely want to do a social media fast that I want to invite our community into because you know, I'll still upload podcasts and videos to here, you know, for content for you guys. But it is my goal that the people that God has allowed me to steward, people that God has allowed me to pour into, that I aim to show you guys that we may not be perfect, but we are striving for more of Jesus in our lives. And I don't want the people that's following me to, to be comfortable in the, in the lifestyle that God is trying to deliver them out of. Um, the fifth thing I'll say how to be pure in a, you know, in a sex-crave culture is to stop laughing at raunchy jokes. 
Stop laughing at the sexual memes. Stop laughing. When people send you those GIFs and people send you, or is it, do you guys pronounce it GIFs or GIFs? I say GIFs. When people send you those, um, those videos that you shouldn't have been watching, where like I, I won't, I almost gave details. I won't, but I was around a group of, um, young adults at one point. I remember, you know, they, they, they hinted at some things that were a bit perverse and it threw me off, um, because in my head, you know, for one, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I look old, but I'm obvious to them that I'm older than them. You know, I'm probably twice some of those kids age and those kids were like blatantly talking about pornography in front of me. And I don't mean like unsaved kids. Um, I've seen unsaved kids do that all the time, sadly, but I'm talking about church kids. You know, they were a bit perverted, like right in front of me. I was just looking like, well, this is crazy. But the thing is, if I were to laugh at the jokes with them, then they feel as though it's comfortable to do it. So now when you're at work and you're around a coworker that's super flirty, that could be their nature. Maybe they don't want to have sex with you. That could legit be their nature. Their nature is perverted, but that could be their personality. But when that coworker is always saying, that's what she said, jokes to you, and you're key, 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 and, <laughs> and it's so funny to you, what you just told them is, it's perfectly fine to do that joke again. You just told them, I don't mind when you make perverted jokes because I find it funny too. So now while the Holy Spirit is looking at you, and the Bible mentions that the Holy Spirit is inside of us, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you're giggling at a joke and the Bible mentions don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And I realize there's so many times I've grieved God's spirit because I'm laughing at jokes that he doesn't find funny. I'm watching shows that he doesn't find entertaining. Things that are blatantly perverse, but I find it as entertainment. And we have to be careful because if I laugh at raunchy jokes, I'm inviting more of it into my life. And so many of you are trying to bind a spirit of perversion of your life, but you're entertaining it. You can't bind what you entertain. You can't cast out things that you invite into your life. If you continue inviting it, that spirit is not going to leave. That's not how it works. Let me show you guys something. Ephesians 5, I'm going to read verses 3 through 5 in the Christian Standard Bible. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you as is proper for saints. Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. For know and recognize this, that every sexually immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. This is not written to unsaved people. This is written to the church in Ephesus. So when Paul is telling them these obscene and these crude joking and all these things should never be mentioned around you. You should be a person known for that you you have a thankful heart, not a person who has a perverted heart, loves perverted jokes. So when, when he says that every single person that is sexually immoral, he's not just talking about physical actions. He's talking about in heart, in personality, in our mindset. These people don't have an inheritance with God because you showed that it's not God leading you as your flesh this entire time. And like I always on this podcast, if you want to argue this, once saved, always saved, by all means, you can believe what you want. But the Bible is showing us that this stuff shouldn't be named among the believers once we get saved. So a lot of us, if we are honest, we have a lot to repent of because we're entertaining the perverse jokes that God wants us to stop laughing at. You know, and I want you to understand that it's perfectly fine to be boring. I realized that when I wasn't laughing at certain jokes, 
man, it's like I can't have no friends. People looking at me like, man, he's boring. I don't get invited anywhere. You yeah, man, no one sends me memes anymore. And it's like I'll look at it as though maybe that's a problem. Like, okay, well, I guess I need to, you know, water it down just a little bit. We'll never say that, but that's verbally, that's that's mentally what we're doing. And we're looking at it like, man, like nobody likes me, bro. Like, what did I do? When in reality, what I, that shows that I'm aiming to get somebody else's approval rather than God's. So God is telling us that we should not water down or laugh at these inappropriate jokes, these worldly jokes to seem cool. It's okay to be boring. If they think, man, look at that holier than thou sister, man. She never laughs at her dirty jokes. Look at that holier than thou dude. He swear, oh, okay, there goes Deacon Green. You know, and, they, and they'll make fun of you. But it's okay for you to be boring. Don't feed into that perversion that the world is trying to give you. The sixth thing I'll say is this. You must have accountability. I mention these things in all these podcasts because they are absolutely essential. Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal or hide their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. David was a person who tried to conceal his sin. And God is realizing, I'm going to have to send Nathan to this dude because he's not going to repent of it unless someone, you know, I guess shames him about it or someone, you know, publicly confronts him about it. He was just going to hide it. And that's why we need godly people around us because iron sharpens iron. We need godly people who are able to um, to confront us because the Bible says in James 15 and 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we have to understand that in order to be delivered from certain things, we need people that we can lean on. Second uh, Timothy 2.22 says, flee also youthful lust, but pursue after righteousness. Um, Faith, charity, peace. I can't remember all of those. I should have put that in my notes. But with those, it mentions you pursue after God with the people um, seeking him out of a pure heart. So it's not enough to serve God by yourself. You need accountability to help you get to where God is calling you to be. And I, I don't want to seem like I'm rushing this because I definitely think this is an important subject, especially all of you guys that are my listeners that are in high school that are early in college years, there's going to be a lot of people enticing you to do foolishness. And Proverbs 1.10 says, um, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Meaning if people are encouraging you to do foolishness, those are not people you need to be around. Proverbs 13 and 20 um, also mentioned, uh, he that walketh with wise um, shall be wise, but a companion's, companion of fools will be destroyed. So it all depends on the type of company that you keep to determine the type of lifestyle you're going to end up living over a time. So when you have good accountability, godly um, leadership, godly peers around you, those are the people who are willing to say, hey, bro, you are wrong. Take that down. Sis, you are wrong. You shouldn't have posted that. Hey, you are wrong. You didn't handle that that conversation properly. Um, you, have, you, need, you have that person where when you are doing right and you feel as though, man, nobody else is doing right, you have that person that is able to tell you, good job. Keep it up. No one is clapping for you, maybe, but I saw that you normally you respond, you curse people out when they talk to you like that. But this time you were humble. That shows that somebody's able to, to encourage you, let you know you have a plan. God has a plan for your life. Don't give up. You know, so I want you to understand that it's important that you have good accountability. Um, the seventh thing I'll say is this. Feed your spirit the right things. I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is that you guys do, but just look at it in terms of health. If you're trying to get in shape, it doesn't matter how much weights you lift, right? I go to the gym often, but I'm obsessed with Doritos. I can reach over right now. I'm not Spicy nacho to be exact. I can reach over right now. Doritos, if you're listening to this, please sponsor this podcast. Um, but I can reach over 
and pull over a bag of Doritos. You guys just heard the rough lick. I'm not making it up. I love Doritos. But imagine I'm a person who works out and I don't choose to eat anything healthy after. And I'm just like, nah, I just like my Doritos. You cannot outwork a bad diet. Every single personal trainer is going to teach you that. I used to, I still help people to this day, but especially like when I was in the military and I would train people, you cannot get to that physical level you want to if you are not making sure your diet is also up to par. Because what we do is a lot of us, we go to church, we're faithful going to church. Um, we're, we're faithful with listening to, like if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you listen to other godly podcasts. Um, you listen to a lot of Christian music. You, you memorize all of Maverick City music, you know, all three hours. You don't memorize that whole album. But you still listen to the nonsense after Maverick City's over. But after you left church, you still went back to unequally your relationship. After you done did all the spiritual things that it helps build your, build up your faith, you still entertain some things that were still perverse. Instead of cutting those things off, what you did was you fed your spirit the wrong thing. And I want you to understand that garbage in equals garbage out. So if I'm always feeding my mind with nonsense, I'm not going to speak like someone with a renewed mind. Like if you ever, it, all right, say, all right, hopefully there's somebody listening to this podcast. You can comment um, if that's been you. But let's just say you're somebody who had a dirty mind. You always think about sexual jokes, always think about a, a perverted joke, whatever. But then you start renewing your mind, start spending time with God. And say someone said a, a dirty joke and it just completely went over your head. And they looked at you like, oh, you missed it. Like, that's happened to me before. Like, oh, you missed it. And it's just like, oh, oh, my bad. My bad. It didn't even hit me. You see, but typically when your mind isn't renewed, you catch those jokes very quick. But that's what the Bible is saying. Feed your, that's what I'm saying. Feed your spirit. Because the Bible says if you're walking in the spirit, you're not going to fulfill the desires of your flesh. You're not going to fulfill the... You're not even going to want those things. But why? Because your appetite has changed. If I'm always eating McDonald's, when I eat vegan food, it's going to be terrible. If I'm always eating vegan food and now I eat McDonald's, I'm going to feel like I need to puke or barf or use the toilet. or It's always going to be something. Why? Because what you feed yourself determines the, the output that's going to come out of you. And if we're realistic, I go to church very often. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, being a youth pastor, youth leader, um, that means some Friday nights I'm doing stuff with the youth or weekends doing stuff with the youth. And then you, then if I'm free, I try to do outreach. So it's like I do a lot, you know, but I understand everybody doesn't go to church as often as I do everybody. And I'm not saying that as like an insult or to brag about me because I'm tired. I, I need them to shorten some of these services. But my point is, even though I may be someone who may go to church more than you do and you go to church, but just not as many hours as I do. Still think about it. Many of us, we still spend under 10 hours a week, maybe in church. You're probably in church two to four hours max on a Sunday. If you have a midweek service or a Tuesday Bible study or a Wednesday Bible study or mid or like a group at your church, that's probably not even two hours. Maybe a seven to nine. You know, that's probably long. Say you're at a church like I grew up Friday nights. You had youth service every single week how I had growing up. It was still about 730 to nine o'clock. So regardless, after all these hours done added up, you probably still weren't in church 10 hours for that week. Now, if you're a church, you're a person who only goes Sunday morning, some Wednesdays, or you know, you only go to virtual church, that means you're probably not in church four to six hours, like in a church, physical church building. I know we're the church, but I mean in a physical church building. Say you weren't even there for eight hours, and then you are on your phone literally six to eight hours a day on social media. What do you think you're feeding your spirit? 
because I can't expect to think spiritual things when I've already spent more time on TikTok than I've spent in a church building. One day of TikTok can be more than you spent an entire week on social, uh, inside of a church building. And I'm not saying you can't do godly things on the internet. Clearly, my aim is to push people towards God using the internet. But I want you to understand that God is, God is in uh, quote unquote competition with TikTok right now. Instagram is trying to replace God. It's an idol in a lot of our lives. First thing we do is not check the scriptures. First thing we do is not pray and intercede. First thing we do is probably not say, thank you, Jesus, for waking me up another day. We're probably checking our notifications because the Bible's on your phone. First thing you saw, somebody commented on your reel, and you're just like, ah, let me laugh at this. And then you browse for 15 minutes before you realize you didn't even pray or brush your teeth. You know, so I want you to understand that if you're a person, bro, and you're looking at Instagram baddies all day, Listen, don't expect to find freedom if you've been feeding your mind garbage all day. You know, you need to, if you want to be pure, you have to have more of the Bible, more of studying the scriptures. I don't mean verse of the day. Diving into what the Bible says, diving into biblical history, diving into understanding more about him. Having right there to my left is a, is a bookshelf full of books, not because I read them all, but because I'm aiming to read them all. I'm aiming to try to get more of things about God into my spirit. You know, so I want you guys to understand that as we continue to feed our spirit, it's easier to overcome things that God doesn't want us to struggle with. The eighth thing I'm going to say is to be busy. And not just be busy moving because busyness doesn't mean fruitfulness. Um, busyness doesn't mean that God is pleased with whatever you're doing. But be busy doing ministry, busy serving, busy finding what God has called you to do and excelling in that. And I say that because an idle hand is always going to find something to do. And typically, it's never going to be something godly. The devil is always looking for somebody who he can devour like, oh, she ain't got no job. They ain't going to church today either. All right, bet. Social media, put this on their Explore page. All right, cool. By the time bro looked at one picture, it says shaking, shaking what the good Lord blessed her with. He done scrolled, scrolled. Next thing you know, he knows about what trip she was on in 2019. She was in Guatemala. Oh, that's what she was wearing? Oh, okay, let me follow her cousin. And you done went on a rabbit hole of perversion, all because you, were, you weren't busy. But the thing is, I want you to understand that if you're not involved in what God has called you to do, the devil is going to get you involved in something else. Like I mentioned David briefly earlier, because I wanted to remind you guys about David's issue. When David fell into sin with Bathsheba, he was never supposed to be home. It was a time of war. He should have been leading his troops, but he decided to take his off day. And because he took an off day, this brother done fell into sin with this woman because he was out looking where he shouldn't have been looking instead of being at war where God has called him. So the more you are involved, that's 2 Samuel chapter 11 for you guys to read. Um, I think it's the first couple of verses. You'll see that in context. So be mission minded because if you're not walking into your calling, I believe you're always going to walk straight into perversion and sin. Um, the ninth thing I'll say is this. Stop fighting lust and start running away from it. When the Bible talks about um, sin, it mentions resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourself therefore to God. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. It also mentions the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So you use the word to overcome sin. But whenever we read about um, perversion and lust, the Bible doesn't tell us to fight it. It doesn't tell us, um, you know, to call your accountability partner. It really tells you to run away. And I think a lot of us need to take a page out of Joseph's book. Like, hey, sis, you probably fine. But, oh, I, 
I know the devil moving when I see him. And he ran away like I'm not about to get caught up with that. Because 1 Corinthians 6, 18 tells us, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So the Bible doesn't tell us that we need to, okay, well, I can sit here and try to fight it. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and her, man, we hang out. We watch movies late at night all the time. Like, we're not going to fall. Uh, don't worry about it. Tavares overthinking. He ain't have no self-control. That's why he over keeps saying this. Okay. We often think we know our limits. We often, until the line is crossed. And the problem is a lot of people think God isn't pleased because they were in fornication or God wasn't pleased because they were in adultery. But the Bible mentions that God, once he saw the sin in your heart, he was like, oh, the sin is already there. You're just as guilty as the guy who did do it. So God is not just concerned about you, you know, not being in bed with them, but he doesn't want your heart in bed with them. He doesn't want your text messages in bed with them. He doesn't want your DMs in bed with them. He wants us to run away from those things. Um, so please understand that that's not something you should be trying to fight, but that's something that you should be running away from. And the 10th and last thing I'll say about how to be pure in a sex crave culture is by remembering Calvary. So now this, this video is dropping after Easter week. I know a lot of you, you went to church. Even if you aren't a person who goes often, you don't want to church this week. And all of us are reminded that Jesus not only died, buried, but he rose again to save us from our sins. He rose again to set us free from whatever addiction, sin, problem in our life, to save, to redeem, to heal, to deliver. We are all reminded about that. But I want you to understand that we need to remember the reason for Easter, the reason for the resurrection beyond the Easter season. We need to remember that when struggling with sin, because we have to understand that Jesus was risen from the dead um, for our issues, then that means that we should be um, rising from the dead. I'm going to see if I could um, pull up this verse for you guys. I want you to understand something, because a lot of people, like especially when I talk about baptism, a lot of people, they don't, they don't believe in baptism. I believe in it. Teach your own. Hit me up if you want a Bible study. These are the type of Bible studies we have on Patreon. If you want to join Patreon, only $5 a month or more. But Romans 6, it says in verse 3, uh, I'll start at verse 1. Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, not just by praying, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. When you remember that you're buried with him, you remember, you start thinking about Calvary, you're realizing that God, God set me free. Like, I don't have to keep going back to this type of thing. Like, if he died for my sins, why am I still in my sins? Now is the time where he's showing me if I can rise from the dead, um, you know, then we can rise out of our sin. But I want to read these last few verses before we end the podcast. Hebrews 12, 1 through 4 in the NLT as well. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight. That could be lust that weighs us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that has set that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, 
disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Paul, well, I won't say Paul because it's Hebrews. No one knows who really wrote that. But he's saying you haven't really done much when you think about what Jesus went through. Um, you haven't you haven't died because of sin. You haven't you haven't been beaten because of sin. And Jesus was beaten for our sin. So when we think like, man, every time I click on this website, like I know it's wrong, but man, I just I just need to get that quick little dopamine hit. Man, I, I know I shouldn't be sleeping with this girl no more, but man, I just, you know, she helps uplift my and like when we stop and we stop thinking about how I feel and we start thinking about, man, God really died for me, like because he knew something inside me, because he had plans for me, because he loved me, and he has great plan he has a great future ahead of me if I just let go of what I want and just accept what he wants, then it starts making you realize Man, I was really turning towards masturbation and sex, and I was really turning towards all these things that don't satisfy. It's not until you get into the presence of God that you don't realize what true joy is, true peace is. And none of those things can be found in perversion and social media, soft porn, which is what it is. I'm sorry, I'm going to keep saying it because it, it, it is what it is, man. Call it what it is. But we have to understand that it is possible to live pure in today's day and age. 21st century can be evil you're seen as a weirdo if you're dressing modest. You're seen as a loser if you're not rushing to have sex. You're seen as lame if you're not sleeping with the girl you've been with um, because you guys have been dating for a year now. You're seen as, I, I know, but we're not doing it for them. We're focused on Calvary. We're doing it for what Jesus, because Jesus loved us. Romans 12, 2, it mentions, um, you know, not to be conformed to this world, but be renewed, um, you know, in our minds. And it's letting us know that we should be doing this as a reasonable sacrifice. We're not doing this for, for anyone's approval other than God's. I'm honoring God because I want his approval. I'm honoring God because I already have his approval. He already loves us. He already died for us. He wants to make us into his image. And we can't do that being driven by perversion. So I hope this episode brought some clarity to anyone who's struggling with lust, perversion. I know it's a bit long-winded, but there's too many people dealing with this for us to pretend that it's not an issue. So I pray this helps. Um, comment below some of, the, some of the issues that you're facing, some things that you know you wish were addressed, some of these things that you can implement. And for those who do support the channel, I would love if you guys would consider um, supporting the channel either via the merchandise, joining us on Patreon. We try to do bi-weekly Bible studies um, and figure... Feel free to you know donate to the ministry in general. Right now, I'm about to do a huge, I'm taking a huge risk because I'm about to start doing vlogs alongside these uh, podcasts because eventually the podcast can't go on until you know until the rapture. You know, so I want to show another aspect to our life and talk about relationships in other ways. So we're gonna be doing more of those in the future. Just stay tuned. Love y'all. Be blessed. Peace. <music>